AmateurRadio15.com presents Photime, the other ham radio podcast, sponsored by Main Trading Company. Find them online at MTCRadio.com. Now, here's your host, Kale Nelson, K4CDN. Ah, yeah, that's better. That's better. Hey, hey, Merry Christmas and welcome to episode number 15 of the Photon Podcast. I am Kale, your host, Kilo for Charlie Delta November, and we appreciate you being here. Photon Podcast is the other ham radio podcast, but right now we're happy that you're making it the one you're listening to. So welcome in. If it's your first time, it's your 15th time. We appreciate you being here with us. You can go back and find all of our episodes at our website, AmateurRadio15.com. It's AmateurRadio15.com. We have a sponsor for the podcast, if you're unfamiliar. It's MTC Radio, main trading company from Paris, Texas. It's MTCRadio.com. I want to encourage you to go check them out and visit with them. There's still time, if you're listening to this on the release date, to get your Christmas orders in. And have your gear there for yourself or for your loved ones on Christmas morning. And uh, you give Christy and Richard and Tammy a call, and, and uh, they can help you. They've got new gear. They've got used gear. They've got bundles packaged together for an amateur, whether you're brand new to the show or you're upgrading your shack. Some things that are exclusive to Fotime listeners, the discounts that would be, as well as uh, some things coming in the future. So we're Really excited to continue to partner with those folks, and I encourage you to check them out. It's mtcradio.com, mtcradio.com. Now, we're also really excited about the giveaway that we've got here at Photime. Now, uh, we're hosting the giveaway, and it's sponsored by KF7IJZ and his YouTube channel. That's KF7IJZ on YouTube as well as N3WG, and that's Nick. Nick is the proprietor of Pignology, and KF7IJZ is one of our one of our regulars around here, my buddy Jeremy. He, uh, he is celebrating the 1,000-plus subscribers he's received so far, and in doing that, he's partnering with Nick from Pignology to give you, the Photime listener, an opportunity to win a Pignology piglet and the iOS or Android application that would run your device with the Piglet. Now, what does the Piglet do? Well, it makes life easier when operating your amateur gear with your Android or your Apple device. So you can check it out on the website. Real easy to do, man. If you'll just sign up for the email signer-upper there on the top of AmateurRadio15.com, you are entered to win. Now, it's open to U.S. hams only. And we ask that you are licensed before we you know, give this device to you. But past that, that's the only rules. AmateurRadio15.com at the top right-hand uh, point on the screen there is the email sign-up. Now, if you've already signed up in the past, then you are entered to win. And Jeremy is allowing us to participate in this, and I really appreciate that. Hope you guys will show him the same appreciation by signing up and trying to win the free Piglet from Pignology. I've got a great interview coming up. Well, I hate to even call it an interview. It's a great conversation. And we're going to continue this conversation even past this episode. But we're going to get started today with our friend from episode 10, George Zeropoulos. George is from California. His call is Kilo Juliet 6, Victor United. And we'll get to that call now 
We'll be back with you in a few minutes here on Photime. All right, we are back on episode number 15 of the Photime podcast. I am Kale, K4CDN, and with us again, we have a very special guest, Kilo Juliet 6, Victor United. It's our friend George. George hails from the San Francisco Bay area of California, and uh, not to too bad date the uh, episode here, but George, you guys are expecting some pretty severe weather over the next 24 to 48 hours, flooding, rains, and all sorts of things. Is your Baynet group ready for that? Well, we hope so. So we we, <laughs> we are preparing for, uh, for rain. Um, we really need it in California, and uh, the forecast is for quite a bit of wind and, and rain. And we have uh, our backup batteries and uh, auto switched over, ready to go. So hopefully it'll be up. Fantastic. Well, we're going to talk about some things that could help you in a situation that's bad like that upcoming in a few minutes. But first, George wanted to mention to our listeners again, as he did on the first time we had him through, I think it was episode 10, the, the Baynet Repeater group has a Yahoo email list where folks who have questions or want to participate in communications about the hobby can go and participate. Uh, and this, George, this came back to you after I discussed a few weeks ago about a guy asking a simple question about, I'm a new general, what HF rig should I buy with my $450? And then he got piled up on by these people who were beating him up because he couldn't, beat a tra- couldn't build his own transceiver. Yeah, that, that just, just really irked me, to be perfectly honest. I mean, there's really no reason in the world that um, a guy can't get a you know a lot of help for a question like that, and uh, it was rather timely because one of the members of our group out here had just asked a similar question, but he asked an antenna question. He said, "I've got four hundred dollars, funny thing, <laughs> uh, and want to put up an HF antenna. What do you guys think?" And he got probably a good dozen suggestions of this antenna, that antenna, and then as you could imagine, that turned into a whole big discussion about well, this is better than that for this reason, or you might try this. And and he was uh, overwhelmed with the amount of suggestions, all really positive. And I was thinking that's really a shame that, that the other fellow you mentioned had uh, a hard time, and there's just no place for that. So, um, you know, we, we've – just as, you know, you do on your uh, your list as well, we really want to encourage people to ask questions and, and want a group of folks who are willing to help and answer those questions. Fantastic. George, tell us – we're going to put it in the show notes, but tell us again how to get there. Yeah, so we have a Yahoo group. Uh, the group is Bay-Net, so B-A-Y-N-E-T, and you can find it on Yahoo groups, and uh, if not, uh, you can drop me an email. We'll include my email address as well, and we'll be happy to sign you up. So normally the, the mail group is for our repeater system users, but there's no reason people can't join from out of the area. I'd be happy to have you. So, folks, if you have been abused by your fellow amateur radio operators or you just want to get to know some really nice dudes on the West Coast, check out the show notes, and George can help you there. George, going back, right back up to the top of the call here, we were talking about the anticipated severe weather that the folks on the West Coast are or or you're going to have, I mean, call it anticipated if you want to. I mean, it's, it's coming, it's bearing down and I feel like my mic's a little hot. So I apologize. Um, we need to be ready for things like that. That's part of the amateur hobby. Now it doesn't mean, like I said, a few weeks ago that uh, everybody has to join races and Aries and, and all the sky groups and all that. But there are certain things that the amateur radio operator should have. And one of them just for good measure is a go bag 
And Jeremy mm-hmm. talked a little bit about a go bag and MCOM box, uh, I think, when I was in Alabama and did the episode. And uh, we're going to talk about that tonight. And we're going to start with just the basics. So you're out there anticipating severe weather. You're out there living anticipating earthquakes. I saw the trailer for the new film uh, today and it, with The Rock, and it looks pretty scary. So tell me, George, let's let's go over the basics here. What does every ham need regarding a go bag? You know, that's, it's a great question, and there are, there's lots of lists of equipment. And if you just get on uh, Google and you type go bag, ham radio, or something like that, you'll get 101 lists uh, of equipment and parts and bits and pieces. And everybody has their own unique needs, but um, we've sort of come up with a, with a standard checklist um, for our group here. Um, and when, when you look at this, you, you can kind of organize it in different pieces. Okay, let me take you back a sec. So sure. when I was much younger, um, I used to do a lot of backpacking. And when I first started getting into backpacking, uh, I read a book uh, by a fellow named Colin Fletcher. And this fella uh, wrote a book called The Complete Walker. And he explained in like 400 pages <laughs> how, to, how to gear up for backpacking. So he had the same um, kind of crazy equipment focus that a lot of you know us hams have. And, and he had a very specific organizing strategy around, you know, you organize your food this way and your clothes that way and your sleeping gear this way and and all that. And, and, and out of that came the, the 10 essentials. What are the 10 essentials? Those are the 10 things that every hiker and backpacker should have with them at all times uh, for basic safety and survival. And, and so that idea really stuck with me. And I sort of applied that same sort of thinking to how I would um, structure my, my go bag. So, so basically, what, when I look at this, I, I kind of break the basics into two pieces. One is your radio gear as hams. There's, there's a lot of that. And then there's a bunch of other stuff that you want to have, too, that's not specifically radio gear, but is just super helpful, useful stuff in your day-to-day life that you really want to have with you. And when you say have with us, George, are you saying all the time? You know, a lot of people look at this different ways. You know, there's some folks you'll see YouTube videos with people who have little pouches they carry with them that's got all this stuff and that's always on their person. I think that's, you know, kind of over the edge a bit. Um, The way I do it is I have a couple of small gear bags and I leave them uh, in the garage or if I'm going somewhere, I'll throw them in the car. So they're not necessarily something I'm going to carry on my physical person. If If I'm hiking or backpacking, then I'll take a smaller version of that in the pack. But uh, for day-to-day stuff, I'm not going to actually carry it on my person. But it'll be either in the car or back at the house. So do you do you take it in and out of the vehicle? If you're going to the to the grocery or you're going to the gym, do you, you take these with you? I mean, and you live in a whole different world than I do. <laughs> I mean, you live in a large metropolitan area. I live in a, I mean, a fairly large rural area. You know, sub- suburban. I guess I'm, I'm in the rural part of the suburban area that I live in, but you know, it's, it's day and nighttime different. Uh, I just leave my bag in the truck because I don't have to remember to bring it with myself and the kids. Yeah, I think that's the, probably the smartest thing is to is to leave it in the vehicle um, because that way, typically wherever your car or truck is is where you're going to be, and a lot of times when you're out and about is when you need some of this stuff. So I think that's the smart thing to do. Um, of course, over time, you you know you tend to accumulate a lot of stuff, and at that <laughs> point, you can have 
you know, your go bag in the house and the one in the car and, you know, whatever. But let's see, I've got my Skywarn bag and I've got my zombie (laughs) bag and I've got, I got my Star Wars, got to spend the night in front of the theater for episode seven bag. (laughs) Well, you know, actually you're, but you're hitting on an important point actually, which is, um, these, these kits really um, can be structured as a whole set of them, depending on what you're doing. So, so the first thing to talk about really is the basics. But beyond that, um, for example, for myself, I have another kit, which is my field day kit. The field day kit has got a bunch of stuff that I, you know, I don't need in the, necessarily in the next earthquake. But I certainly want that stuff when I go to field day or go to the park and operate or some other radio event. Uh, but it's a different set of stuff. You know, it's going to be coax and adapters and a bigger antenna and all that. Um, and then maybe you could look at camping gear as another set. You know, what's the what's the camping gear that you want to have? You know, chair, table, sleeping bag, pad, all the usual stuff. Gotcha. So, I mean, we're we're going to talk about bags. Actually, I guess I should spill the beans on the table here. This is not just going to be one episode of this and then we're finished. This is going to be multiple episodes as we attack this big thing. It's going to be a lot of fun. And we're going to bring a lot of the usual suspects in and maybe some other guys as well. But uh, as we're looking at bags and we're trying to decide which way we want to go, uh, the first, since this is an amateur radio podcast, we have to have one for our radio gear, right? Yeah, that's where most people are going to start. Um, And you really want to get that figured out for sure. So I, now I've seen some of your bags, and uh, a lot of folks have seen my boxes, and I've got one bag. Uh, but I was really intrigued by the, your choice of bag, and, and it, it, to me, it, it may not be, but it looks like a soft side tackle box for fishing. Is that? Uh, it's very similar. Like so that? it's it's like that. Uh, the the bag that. Um that you're talking about is actually a uh, frisbee golf bag. So remember, I'm in California. Frisbee golf. <laughs> so <laughs> and you know, I'm talking you, fishing. <laughs> for you, it's a tackle bag. For yeah. me, it's a frisbee golf bag. But they're the same thing. It's a it's a square sided canvas bag with pockets on the ends. And and I've seen the same thing uh, from companies like Plano and um, those kind of outfits where they have plastic boxes in them. Yep. Yep. Uh, for lures and whatever whatever you use when you fish. Um, but th- that particular setup, I, I kind of tripped across this idea that um, a modular system would be handy where each plastic box that fits in that uh, bag is about 8 by 10 by 2 or 3 inches. And each one of those uh, inserts has kind of a different purpose. And some of them are kind of basic that you would always have, and some are more special purpose. And you can kind of mix and match those little modules, if you will, and drop them in the bag depending on what you're doing. Cool, cool. So – Getting back to the bag, the basics of the first bag, our radio bag. I mean, am I going to put my Kenwood TS-50 in here and a power supply, or what are we doing? What are we putting in this first, this the the foundation bag here? Yeah, I I think the, the most basic thing that everybody really needs is uh, the accessories around your handheld radio. That's the most important thing, because if you think about most of the times that you're going to be out in the field, operating your radio, especially in an emergency situation, what's the most likely radio you're going to use? It's going to be your handheld. Absolutely. So starting with that, um, it's really the accessory set that makes that radio useful under almost any circumstances. And then later on, we'll, we'll talk uh, about 
moving up from the HT kit to a portable station where you're really looking more at mobile radios or uh, HF portable stations. So we're going to have our HT in there, okay? Uh, our, I'm sorry, WT. WT is fire department speak from years ago. HT is ham speak. They're both the same thing as a walkie-talkie. Uh, we're, we're going to have that in the bag. And uh, I, I was having a conversation with a guy on a forum earlier today about um, these lower-cost Chinese radios, and he was having a problem finding a battery eliminator that would work with this unit that would work instead of catching on fire, burning his car down or something. <laughs> um, and, and that's kind of the price to pay when you buy the lower cost. I mean, everything's a compromise in ham radio. So my suggestion to this young man was to find you some spare batteries that go with the actual radio and maybe even some of those that you can put double uh, A batteries into and have some nice Sony envelopes or something in there. But uh, in addition to the HT, tell us what else we should have in our our radio go bag. So the, the, the most important thing you're touching on already is, is spare batteries. And generally speaking, I, I think the best spare battery is uh, multiple rechargeable batteries made for the radio because that's going to give you the most uh, service time and and the best performance. Um, having a double A battery pack is also really important too because at some point you might not be able to charge your batteries and you're going to rely on on double A's. So I think you really want to do both. But the but the thing you have to be careful about with double A's is that many of the radios uh, that run double A's as an option, the power output is reduced when running off of double A's. So I'll give you an example. I've got a Kenwood HT and that radio puts out four or five watts with the stock uh, battery. When you put the uh, AA battery pack on there, it drops the, to the maximum of about one watt out. Wow. So that's not true with all of them. Uh, I have an Oshan radio, which is my kind of go-to uh, radio bag radio. And that thing on AA's will run about three watts. So it's just a little bit down from max. Uh, but it's these little things you really got to watch to make sure you're going to be able to operate the way you want to. You know, I've got uh, two of those, and I just <clears throat> purchased two more <clears throat> Oshins. <clears throat> Don't tell my wife. <laughs> it was a good deal. Uh, anyway, yeah. So we we're um, we're talking spare batteries now with with the Oshin or the, you said Ocean and that's uh, or something like that. It's it's just a really weird word. <laughs> but uh, with that WOXUN or whatever it is, uh, they actually have some higher capacity batteries available now. That I guess if we charged and put them in our bag, we would have an even greater capacity battery. Uh, that would be something to consider as well. I'd imagine. Yeah, there's really no reason to stick with the smaller batteries. They're just a little bit cheaper, so you might as well put on the higher capacity battery. Um, but but certainly, I would I would always pack multiple batteries. And the reason is, since the battery is the most critical uh, component of the radio system, well, besides the antenna, um, if you have one and it, it and it happens to not have been charged, then you're really stuck. So you really always want to have at least two. What about uh, a spare charger? Yeah, uh, desktop charger, I guess, will be a. So that's another for me a, a really important criteria is is a desktop rapid charger, because all the radios will come with like a wall wart, you know. But the wall wart chargers take a long time to charge. Mm. Um, the desktop chargers will typically charge much faster. So you you want to pick a radio that's got a good drop in desktop rapid charger, 
And um, th- one of the other re- reasons I like the Oshan radio is that they make a, um, a dual battery charger. They've got one with two slots. So you can pop the radio in the forward slot and your spare battery in the second slot. Um, and those chargers will run off 120 volts AC and they'll run off a of 12 volts DC. Really, really important. Really nice. And I can uh, find you a link to those because I'm not sure if Main Trading has those, but uh, we'll find it and put a link in the show notes. I'm very happy with those radios, by the way. That was my very first. And like I said, I just ordered two more this week. Uh, rolling on down the, uh, the list here uh, would be a roll-up antenna. Right. Yeah. So the so the antenna is this, like I said, the other more critical part of this. And you have to look at the environment you're going to operate in. So if you're going to be operating at close range or to repeaters that are close by and are high elevation, you can get away with a stock antenna. But if you are in a flat terrain, uh, if you're going to be behind some structure, you need more gain, you need more antenna. Uh, you would like to have an antenna you could get up in the air and of course, there's a lot of different antennas you can use, but these roll-up uh, J-pole antennas are the are the preferred antenna. Yeah, I've got a couple. I've got uh, one from Edison Fong uh, mm-hmm. from from the West Coast, and I also have the uh, November Nine Tango Alpha X-ray in Nine TAX, and they are both very very nice units. Yeah, they're really great. For if you've never seen one of these. Um, Imagine, you know, the old-fashioned 300-ohm twin-lead TV wire? Um, it's about, a, it's about a, a yard long and a little bit of coax, like RG174, the skinny coax, soldered to it and shrink-wrapped around it. And the antenna is actually that piece of twin-lead wire, um, and you probably just have a little loop at the top, a zip tie or a hole or something. Yep. And you could just take a, like a, a chunk of paracord, tie it to the top, throw it over something, and hoist it up. And that's your antenna. And that antenna, you know, 10, 15 feet up in the air is going to work a lot better than the HT antenna. Well, it worked as a base station at my house for about the first eight or 10 months I was licensed. <laughs> it's what I had. You know, this was back mm-hmm. when the when the cheap walkie-talkie was the ocean. And uh, that was $100, $120 bucks to get in, which was the max budget I had. And uh, bought the shoulder mic or the speaker mic and the roll-up J-pole. And I hung it on a cup hook right outside the back door of my house. And uh, I would stand there at the back door and talk on the radio. But our, our local repeater at the before, the, you know, it was before it was moved to this really, really high, nice tower now. But then I couldn't get in. So it, it made the difference. And Paracord, another, another good thing. You don't have to buy the really cool tactical colors. You can use yellow or pink or whatever. And you can buy it pretty inexpensively. You, you, can, you can find it on Amazon or anywhere. And it's uh, 550, it's 550 Paracord. And uh, mm-hmm. you need at least probably, what, 50 feet or more in your bag? Yeah, usually um, – I usually do it in 25-foot pieces because if you get a longer piece than that, it's – you know, if it tangles up, you, you know, you, get, you got an hour project to take it apart. <laughs> so so I usually go with chunks of it. Um, and by the way, the other big bonus to that, um, that roll-up J-pole antenna is that uh, you can make it. Uh, if you just Google um, uh, ham radio – roll-up J-pole antenna or something like that, you'll find the dimensions. And all you got to do is is cut the wire and solder a little bit and solder some cable to it, and you're on the air. So you can get on the air with those things really cheap. And for you guys who are in a local group, your local amateur radio club, that's an excellent way to spend a club meeting is having the new guys and 
the old guys build roll-up J-pole antennas, let the club pay for it, or, or you know, charge five bucks to cover mm-hmm. the material cost or whatever, and and teach some guys how to solder. Yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah, yeah. All right, so uh, I, I mentioned this just a moment ago, and being former fire service for about ten years, I always had a microphone with a cable connecting myself to the radio that I was toting. So I'm, I'm used to having a shoulder mic is what I call it, or speaker mic, uh, either clipped on my lapel or right there where your buttons are on the front of your shirt or just dangling around your neck or even hanging on your backpack. Uh, to me, that's one of the most important things. A lot of, a lot of people forget to purchase maybe because they've never been exposed to the usage and how, how much it helps in the operation of the radio. In my personal opinion, should we have one of those in our bag? Yeah, for sure. I, I think you do. Um, you, you have to be very careful with the speaker mics. Uh, a lot of them are awful. <laughs> They're worse Simply than the mics put. on the radio. You know, and the funny thing, let me t- tell you just a little story. When when I Before I bought one of these uh, Chinese uh, Oshan radios, a buddy of mine uh, got one. He's telling me all about it, and, and you know, I'm a dyed-in-the-wool Kenwood HT lover. And, <laughs> and I said, that thing's a piece of junk. I wouldn't use it. I bet it sounds awful. And um, and I decided one day, you know, I wanted a radio I could take with me hiking. And if I dropped it, you know, I didn't really care too much. So, okay, I, I'll buy one of those. And so I picked one up. And I was <laughs> I was really impressed. I, I was very impressed with the receiver performance. And I was very impressed with the audio quality on transmit. And, and I was sold at that point. And um, – so of course I'm looking for a speaker mic for that thing, and so I ordered one, and and it was awful. I mean, my experience in general is <laughs> for Kenwoods, for Yesus, for any of them. Um, like if you get on eBay, for instance, you can find everything cheap on or not eBay on. Um, yeah, so you do eBay for like speaker mic. Yeah, you can find a speaker mic for six bucks, and I did, and I bought four of them, and they were crap. So, <laughs> so if there's just, four, if there's four speaker mics on eBay together, and a the clutch, it may be George selling <laughs> I threw them out. I tried one, and I threw the rest away. Oh, my. So, um, yeah, so you, you kind of want to um, – There's some really I, good ones, though. I, I've got a really good one. I think it's called a Ranger. It's real heavy-duty, supposed to be uh, water-resistant. I don't know. It's the first one I bought with my first Oshin, and it's it's a really nice one. Yeah, I think your best bet is to see if you got a buddy who's got one that you like the sound of and go with that. Yeah, there you go. There you go. But it does help when, when you're trying to operate the radio, especially, you know, if, if you've, if you're out somewhere working at a volunteer fire department and you're, you know, participating in a net, you don't have to pick your radio up every time and put it to your face. You know, if you got it there in a drop in charger, cause you've been up all evening, you know, you just get your speaker mic and it's there. It's like a portable base station, especially with your roll up J pole you had with you. Yes. Yes. In fact, I'll, I'll add one more thought to making that little portable station. Uh, and that is thinking about an external speaker. Ah. And and if if you've got a speaker mic, that's okay. But a lot of the speaker, you know, the microphone element is tiny no matter what. A big microphone doesn't necessarily won't sound any better because yeah. the element is just about the size of a dime anyway. But the speaker in the speaker mic will make a difference. And some of them are are good, and some of them are just too small. And so what I do in my uh, radio go bag is is I have a external speaker. Um, and it's just a, you know, like an MFJ $12 speaker. It's not a fancy speaker. The problem with that is that once you plug in this, the microphone, you've just chewed up your speaker jack Mm. and some of the microphones will have a speaker jack on the mic itself. 
But now you have that coiled cord for the microphone, and you have a wire going to the speaker coming off the mic, which is just irritating. Right. So um, I came up with this little homemade junction box thing that lets you take a um, a speaker mic and plug it into a couple connectors, plug a speaker into it, and then out the other end is the cable that plugs into the radio. So this little blob of connectors that are – it's kind of like taped together, um, <laughs> which was supposed to be the prototype, and I was yeah. going to rebuild it in a box, which has never happened. Um, so so that I, – and I'm, I'm surprised that nobody makes this thing because I would – I'd buy it. And everybody I've shown this thing to is, says, like, well, where'd you get that? Like, well, I made it. Um, they would buy one, too. So with a little – there's no components in it. It's just jacks and wire. Right. But if you had the right set of jacks and wire, you could have your mic plugged in and an external speaker. And the uh, like in this Oshan radio, the audio punch out of the external speaker is very impressive. Um, the, the reason I did that is that when you are outside – and especially if you're at a event and there's a lot of noise around you, you need to hear the radio. And the audio level coming out of a HT is not very high. It's plenty loud when you're sitting in your den and everything, you know, the TV's off. Mm-hmm. But when you're at the, you know, the parade or the earthquake or you know the tornado, um, it's just not enough. And and so having that the punch in that external speaker really matters. What about? At the same time, thinking just backwards just a moment, back to the little plug on the bottom of the microphone to toss in one of those ubiquitous, ubiquitous pair of headphones that everybody has laying around just to, just to have them with you. Yeah, for sure. You, you should absolutely have a, a, at least a, a mono earbud yep. that you can pop in so you can, uh, you can also do that. That's uh, yeah, You definitely want to do that. Uh, but just got to make sure the connections are correct. No uh, yeah, don't wait the, till you get out there and need it. You know, try well, you know, boy, that's that's probably the most important thing you can say in this whole topic, uh, <laughs> which is, you know, get your stuff together and and play with it and practice with it and try it out and you know don't don't wait till you need it to try it. Yeah. All right, we're going to listen to uh, we're going to hear from Christy from Main Trading Company real quick, and we're going to come back and we're going to talk about the ten essentials. All right, stay tuned. You're listening to the Photon Podcast, episode number fifteen, with Kilo Juliet Six Victor United. Back in a moment. Visit mtcradio.com today, a great one-stop mom-and-pop shop for everything ham radio. Radios, antennas, power supplies, wire and cable, books and training materials, microphones, headsets, and accessories. Find popular brands like MFJ, Heil Sound, Jetstream, LDG, Alinko, Comet, Texas Bugcatcher, Radio Waves, and more. mtcradio.com, an authorized Kenwood and ICOM dealer. mtcradio.com. All right, back on the Photon Podcast is Kale K4CDN with us this time through again. We have our good friend George Kilo Juliet Six Victory United from California, the San Francisco Bay Area. George, we've been talking about this radio go bag, and uh, I want to make sure we didn't forget something. Or so we're, we're going to put the list. We're going to go through our list about three times and make sure we have it all up there, links and whatnot, some cool stuff. But I want to make sure that if we left anything off, let's go ahead and put that on the list now for our base camp bottom end foundational radio go bag. 
So just a couple other quick radio things I'd, I'd put on the list too. Um, antenna adapters, uh, like you're saying, you want to be able to have your HT perform a base station role. And, and to do that, that little SMA or reverse SMA is not right. So you're going to need some SO239 to SMAs or SO239 to BNCs or whatever to adapt uh, for an outside antenna. Um, I would also make sure I had a set of frequency lists and phone numbers. So repeater frequencies, uh, public safety frequencies, phone numbers of public safety agencies, um, service organizations like the Red Cross, uh, for sure, you should have that info. Because the smartphone may not be working. Uh, well, yes, that's a whole other thing to expect, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, so th- those are – any more? I mean, that uh, the antenna adapters, I mean, hello, how did, how did we forget that initially? But <laughs> – how do yeah. you even use these radios without antenna adapters? You know, is the question that begs to be asked. There you go. Anything else, George, on the uh, on the HT Go Bag? I think that's pretty much the basics of the of the HT set. Okay, now now, folks, we don't want you to think that this is the only way to do something. I mean, because we know that we've got. Uh, and George and I have talked about this. We we know we have a lot of folks who are new to the hobby, who are interested in the hobby, you are trying to get your feet wet, and we've got some other dyed and wool guys who. Or like, I hate this kale guy. But anyway, uh, we want to make sure that you know that just because George and I are talking about it one way doesn't mean the guy that you like on YouTube that does a different way won't work for you. The thing is, like we said right before the break, like George reminded us, that to get your stuff out and play with it, for lack of a better term, and make sure that you know what you have, know what you need, and you're able to utilize your stuff in case the need arises. Which brings us to your event bag, which is one step up or maybe bag one Bravo instead of one Alpha. Yeah, it's really kind of the companion to the radio bag. It's it's all the other stuff that you can imagine you might need. Um, well, not might, that you will need <laughs> in, in an event. Um, so this is not intended to be the exhaustive list of everything. This is just the shortest list it ain't that short. The shortest list of stuff that you know that you're going to wind up needing when you're doing field day or when you're doing a parade or an MCOM event uh, or uh, maybe even a real disaster. All right. Well, uh, where do we want to start? I mean, what 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 do we know we have to have in this bag? Well, I've come up with a list of about 15 things, and 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 there, you know, everybody who's listening to this could probably predict the list. So there won't be really anything I, that someone's going to say, you know, like I've never thought of bringing a flashlight. You know, who would have thought of that? But, but the point is, you know, you probably would have missed one of these 15 things. So, so the first thing that, you know, that I would say is bring a flashlight. Now, I found actually flashlight and, and, and pocket knives. So let's start with that. Um, <laughs> we, we issue those in the South when you turn 10. <laughs> Flashlights or pocket knives? Both. So, you get so, so here, you know, both of my my sons were uh, Boy Scouts, and and of course, when you're a Boy Scout, you learn the proper knife handling technique, and you learn what a blood circle is. Do, <laughs> do you know what that is? Is that when you cut and you run around in circles? Practically, that's where you know you you hold your knife, and no one better be within an arm's reach of you because you're in the danger zone. Ah. So they learn what a blood circle is. Anyway, so uh, I'm sure you know guys listening to the podcast. Um, if there's any if there's any gear that you'd like to buy more than five or six of, it's going to be a flashlight and a pocket knife. So you know everybody's got their own favorites, but 
you know, personally, I always have a Swiss Army knife. Um, I, I, you know, I've used it since I was a teenager for anything and everything. Uh, so that's an essential. Um, some people like to have a set of knives, you know, the multi-bladed knife, the single-bladed knife, some straight, serrated, you know, whatever. Locking blades are always safer. Keep that in mind, unlike my Swiss Army knife. <laughs> So, you know, that's an obvious thing to have. So, you know, and there's YouTube videos you can watch for a week just on pick a knife. So suffice to say, for flashlights, um, with the LED flashlights, there's a glut of really good uh, flashlights on the market. And there's some really lousy ones. So you want to make sure you get something that's really bright, um, but that's very portable. You don't necessarily need a big police patrol light um, to be effective. One thing that I, I do think you should really seriously think about is the battery that goes into it. Because if you use a oddball battery and you're in day two of power outage, you can't go to the local 7-Eleven and get a XYZ456 <laughs> lithium-plutonium battery. But you sure as heck could get double A's or triple A's. So my recommendation is always use flashlights in go bags that use double A AA or triple A common batteries. You know, and I personally carry a Kershaw pocket knife, locking blade, partially serrated, and a streamlight that holds two CR123 batteries. Mm. And uh, it's very bright and works great. It was a gift from my brother-in-law who absolutely adores flashlights and probably has seven on his person right now. Uh, but that's another story. Uh, but you're right. The AAA or the AA uh, light flashlights, if you're going to put one in your bag, find one that works for you and find one that is that's going to I mean you can go to your remote controls for your television and get batteries to operate your flashlights. <laughs> and that's you know if you have a a double A or triple A type light. And I mean you don't have to be a tactical guy out there you can just have a nice light cuz when it gets dark a light will overcome it no matter what size. So very good idea George continue I just wanted to throw that in there for a second. Well and another variation on the flashlight is a headlamp and uh, I first used these little uh, LED headlamps uh, while backpacking because you learn that when you're setting up your tent in the dark, you really need three hands. And <laughs> boy, that that little headlamp is super duper useful. And they're very small. And now there's they're they're incredibly nice ones on the market. Um, so I highly recommend that. Um, I've been in um, you know all kinds of situations where <laughs> where having that having your your hands free and being able to see what you're doing. Uh, just to, makes life so much better. So I absolutely would recommend a, a headlamp, and again, one that runs on triple A's. You know, George, it's almost Christmas time, and and I don't think I've even said that yet uh, since we've been on the conver- having a conversation here. But if you'll go to Lowe's or Home Depot or wherever your Menards or Tractor Supply, whatever's close to you, I bet you they're going to have these types of things in the Christmas package specials the LED mm. headlights that come with the batteries. You don't even have to open the package. You know, you just buy the unit for four or five bucks and put it in your bag. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good idea. Uh, by the way, another good place to go is Harbor Freight. Oh, uh, yeah. You, find, you know, you can find, you know, like really fancy stuff for nothing. And um, yeah, the quality is good enough in, in many cases. I mean, it's not going to be the best, but, you know, for five bucks, like, what do you want? Uh, yeah, I'll give you a, an example. I bought a voltmeter. A digital. I, I needed a voltmeter for a project, and if you go to a electronic supply house, that voltmeter is like, like fifteen or twenty bucks. You can get a whole volt ohm meter multimeter for like five dollars. At 
You know, that's funny yeah, because I, I was getting ready to ask you about that because that's on my list. Uh, but uh, w- let's talk about that for just a second. I've got two here in the shack, still in the plastic, the box, hanging on the peg on the shelf. Uh, coupon code, it's Christmas time. They've got stuff on sale. You go in, you get them for four or five bucks, and you just put them up out of the way. Or like I did, I bought four or five of them and put one in my go bag, one in the AK-47 box, one in the the uh, the big TS-50 box, the faux box, whatever we're going to call it. Uh, but those things you've got with you, and for the minimal expense, it's you're crazy not to buy it. Yeah, there's no, there's really no reason not to, and 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 you're sort of hitting on, I think, a really good point. Like when we do field day, um, in the old days, we, you know, three days before field day, I'd be looking for every little thing, and it's spread all over the place. And then I realized that it'd be better if I just had all my field day gear in one or two or three boxes, and I didn't have to hunt it down because invariably you'd, you'd like you'd forget it, you know. Well, yeah, uh, something. So so at that price, I mean, this stuff's so cheap. Just put it in the box. And, and, and then, tool, you know, you tools. I mean, you need tools in these bags. You don't know. I mean, this this is just we'll stuff you're going to keep with you. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> That's coming up. So we, we got flashlights, uh, head, um, headlamps, and we've talked right. about multimeters. Uh, spare batteries. Spare batteries, absolutely. And, and this gets back to, in my mind, standardizing on AA's and AAA's and just put a bunch of uh, you know Duracell or Energizer's in there, and if you want to go with the rechargeables, you mentioned end loops; those are really good. Um, it, it, I think that that is good for day-to-day stuff. But if you're planning to be prepared for some number of days of no power, then one cycle of the end loops, and you're done. Uh, so you, you know you might as well have disposables. And again, um, it's Christmas time, folks. So I mean, you know who I'm going to be buying batteries for at Christmas, right? They're on sale right now. And now's a good time to buy them if your budget allows to get you some spares and get ready for things like putting these bags together. Exactly. So the, while we're on tools, by the way, the other tool that you'll want to put in there is a multi-tool. Um, and you know, you, I guess that's the generic name for it, like a Leatherman, for oh, yeah. example. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's like they make you know 20 different models. And, and uh, the Leatherman ones are really good. But I found uh, there's inexpensive brands, too. I was at Home Depot. And they, they, there's some, I don't know if it's the Home Depot brand, but it's called Husky. And the Husky tools, I, I'm sure they're, you know, inexpensive Chinese tools, and they're really good. So the Husky multi-tool is like 10 bucks, and it's, and it's spring-loaded too. So, you know, it, you know, you have a positive pressure when you're using the, the pliers. And this isn't the one that you have to carry with you all the time so your buddies think you're cheap. It's the one that you've got <laughs> in your bag that when they leave their expensive Leatherman or Gerber at the house, you can let them borrow your Husky, right? That, that's right. It's not your Sunday go to meet and Gerber. It's <laughs> it, it's your, your day-to-day. You know, it's the other thing about these tools, by the way, is um, sometimes you're at an event and, and somebody needs something and you want to loan it to them. Well, you really don't want to, but you're going to. And um, I would rather loan my $10 Husky multi-tool than my $60 Leatherman. So that's another reason to think about, you know, you on one hand, you want the best quality stuff because you don't want to be in the field in an emergency and have a crappy piece of hardware. But you also realize that this stuff can get lost or it could get borrowed or, you know, you'll never see it again in some cases. So 
you know, you may not want to have the most expensive thing either. Absolutely. All right. Uh, batteries, headlights, flashlights, multi-tools, multimeters. What else do you think? Uh, just on tools in general, uh, I, I mean, a basic set of hand tools, you know, wire cutters, um, needle nose pliers, screwdrivers, the basics. Um, you know, again, this is not like a 50-pound tool chest. This is just a little pouch with, you know, five or six of the most essential things. I always carry an X-Acto knife, too. Um I'm sure you know a lot of guys out there know the number 11 exacto knife. That's mm-hmm. the real pointy one. Yep. Um, those things are super useful for a lot of things, including um, uh, putting in your medical kit. So in my first aid kit, I always carry an exacto knife because those things will get splinters out. They'll you can use them to to puncture a blister. Um, you know they're they're just they're very precise and very sharp. Speaking of splinters and blisters, uh, band-aids? You want a mini first aid kit, um, you know, for for like a big event, like a field day or, or a group outing, you want a, a more first-class um, medical kit. But for your own personal, you know, day-to-day, just-in-case kit, you want to have band-aids. You want to have um, basic medicines like Tylenol or uh, Neosporin for bruises. You want to have some alcohol wipes. You know, you don't have to go crazy. Um Generally speaking, pick five or six things you you need. Buy them individually. Don't you don't have to buy a first aid kit. Uh, that's not necessarily the best thing because um, you get a bunch of junk you may not need. Depending on where you are, you might need something special. Here in the in California, in our um, foothills, uh, we have a lot of ticks. Mm. And and if you go romping through the weeds, uh, there's a good chance you might pick one up. So you can get a little tick puller, and maybe there's some other specialty things like that that you might want to have. Um, magnifying glass is really helpful. Oh yeah. Uh, a little loop, you know, a little 10 X loop and you can get cheap ones for about six or seven bucks. Oh man. Would we have fun or what at Harbor freight, man? We could fill up some buggies. (laughs) We're filling up buggies on Harbor freight tools right now. Oh my God. Don't forget the bandsaw. Oh yeah. 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 Let's get the little baby lathe while we're here. You know, (laughs) we'll start making breed love mounts. (laughs) All right. Uh, okay, okay. So we've covered a lot, but there's still more that we're probably going to need. And I'm thinking writing utensils, paper, stuff like that, taking yeah, notes. Yeah, for sure. Notepad. Oh, so here's a real popular one. So on notepads, um, there's a there's a brand that's very popular called Write in the Rain. And the Write in the Rain notepads are a coated paper. Uh, and if they get damp, they don't the, the ink doesn't run and it, it doesn't get all, uh, you know, falling apart. So they're a little more expensive, but, but those are very popular. Um, or you can just get, you know, spiral bound notebooks, um, uh, index cards, Sharpies. It's very important to have a Sharpie. Sometimes you want to leave notes for people or make little signs. Right on someone's forehead. Yeah. <laughs> X. Oh, Seriously, but not the right on someone's forehead thing, but thinking back for that just a minute, talking about leaving notes and whatnot, probably should have some sort of, uh, I don't say address book if your bag got stolen, but maybe some emergency contact information in there too if someone found you and your bag laying there in the middle of the park and something was wrong. Yeah, you should put an ID tag on the bag, so uh, like a luggage tag, so that it's clear that that's an ID tag with your name and contact info so they could find you. Okay. Anything, any specialty items? You've talked about the tick puller in the foothills of Southern California. Anything else that you would think, anything uh, random like that or anything? You know, one thing that, that, that I found 
I really didn't expect to be very useful, but I have found is is a uh, spare battery for your cell phone. Oh. So so in you know in the in the course of a year, there may be a time when the cell phone system's out, but there's a lot of times when it's not. And you're doing an operation, you know, you're you're at a public service event, or you're in the park on the radio or whatever, and and your cell phone poops out, um, and now you can get these little external five volt rechargeable batteries for anywhere from about fifteen bucks to about sixty dollars, depending on how big you want them. And I would I'd charge one of those and throw it in the bag too, because um, in the event of an emergency, and uh, in, in assuming the phones are working, you'll be on the phone a lot. And you're going to burn through your battery pretty quickly. Yep. So uh, in a lot of our phones, you can't change the battery or it's a pain to pop it all, the case open. So having one of these little external uh, cable-connected battery packs is really helpful. You know, it's probably a good idea to have something like that back in the first bag as well. At least a 12-volt adapter for your cell phone. Uh, yes, that's a that's a good suggestion. Yeah, actually, one of those uh, cigarette lighter to 5-volt adapters, and then you have the DC cable to your phone. Yep. Um, that'd be the way to go. Cool. Cool. George, uh, we have covered a load of information and, uh, is there anything that we have left off from this list or this conversation in general? Um, you know, as far as stuff goes, everybody's going to listen to this and think, oh, well, you forgot the whatever. Um, and we'll take the comments in the comment box too, guys. Yeah. And and we'll certainly want to, you know, add to the list. So it's a balance between, Carrying too much junk, but being ready for whatever you know, whatever comes along. So I think for the basics, this is a good start. It's kind of like the um, guys in soda, don't they say something like uh, ounces equals pounds or something? Or you know, you yeah. want you you watch the ounces and the pounds take care of themselves. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So all right, well, we've got quite a bit of listing to do for you guys, and it will be there in the show notes as always, along with the list and uh, contact the contact information for the Baynet list. And George, thank you for offering that to the listeners. I know that we have a lot of people who can benefit from things like that. And I tell you, it's really exciting to, to go back and listen to episode 10 and, and learn more about repeaters. I, I've got one to build here. Hopefully if I can get the cabinet for it uh, over the winter uh, for GMRS, but it's neat to see the innovation that you guys, you and Nick and your fellow club members are just pouring into the hobby out there, man. And, and even getting it back down to the nitty gritty, the dirt under the fingernails kind of thing with making sure you've got your stuff packed in a bag in case of a need arising for your walkie talkie. Absolutely. Well, you know, that's the fun of it. I mean, you know, part, part of the fun for a lot of us in this hobby is, you know, we're kind of gear freaks. So, so (laughs) thanks. You know, ham radio is sort of an excuse to actually, uh, Buy a lot of junk and uh, and and play with it. So yeah. <laughs> and pretend like you have a good reason for it. Exactly. I mean, who else? I didn't even know they made a a frisbee bag, and now I want to well, buy one. You know, because you didn't grow up in the West Coast, it man. Must, I didn't. Yeah. I mean, I remember the commercial at the end of the TV show. The guy would throw the the disc, and the dog would catch it. But I don't remember. That was a production house, but that was in the 1980s. <laughs> oh, well, showing our age, both of us, people are wondering, what are they talking about? Guys, just look at your cell phones. You'll be okay. George, Kilo Juliet 6, Victor United, thank you for being with us again. 
You bet, Kale. Thanks for having me. Yeah, and guys, this is just the this is episode one of episode fifteen. I mean, we're not going to go Star Wars on you or anything, but we're going to talk about over the next few weeks, months, or however long it takes to get all this compiled. It may not be back to back, but it's going to come forth, and we've got a lot of really neat stuff in the pipe for you. So we'd love to hear from you on the uh, the comments. There's comments that you can enter there on the website at amateurradio15.com. We're on Facebook and Twitter as well. And uh, you can always find us on the HF bands when we find time to get away from doing cool podcast stuff. George, we look forward to having you back again really soon. Thank you. Thank you, Kale. So that's going to wrap episode 15, the Photon Podcast. Hey, don't forget AmateurRadio15.com. Go sign up for the email signer upper, and you're entered to win in the KF7IJZ 1,000-plus subscriber giveaway with the piglet from pignology also main trading company our friends our show sponsor mtcradio.com they can get the gear that you need in your hands pretty rapidly for a very very good price and lastly thanks again for listening now i I would ask that you would go to where you've listened to the program from did you get it from stitcher did you get it from itunes wherever go back there and tell them what you think about the show rate it and let us know what you're thinking about oh don't forget you can also comment on the website, AmateurRadio15.com, and uh, we'll post those comments along with the blog posting that goes with the show notes for this show. We appreciate you listening. We uh, thank you for shopping at the Photime Web Store. Most importantly, we thank you for liking us on the uh, social networks, liking us deep down inside your heart sincerely, and telling your buddies about us, all right? Y'all have a great one. Again, Merry Christmas. We'll see you next time. Feliz Navidad. Subscribing to AmateurRadio15.com presents Photon, the other ham radio podcast. You can find our past episodes, web links, and more at AmateurRadio15.com. That's AmateurRadio15.com. Follow us on Twitter at Photon Podcast. And remember to visit our show sponsor, Main Trading Company, at MTCRadio.com. Till next time, 73s. Yeah.